What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pachelke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us at The Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, the NFL kicked off this weekend, so Tyler will have the second edition of the TSK Show Power Rankings, and we'll make our picks of the week for week two. Also, the Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals for the first time in 10 years, and, well, the Clippers are clippering. All this and more on episode 158 of the Sports Kingdom Show, coming up right now. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 158 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, my co-host, Tyler Pachalki. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, man. It was a lot of fun watching football the last four days. I'm still watching football right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, life's good. You got the Monday Night Football on on mute uh, in front of you while, you while you record? I have to, man. Too much at stake. I love it. I love it. No, I, I love the dedication. But uh, sitting across from me, running the board, as always, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, how are you, man? I'm good. A little sleepy, but honestly... Waking up Sunday morning and just watching football day was the best feeling. Yeah, man. It was, I really miss it. It was nice having it back. But before we get into the TSK Show Power Rankings, we have to remind you about our friends who make probably the best coffee ever. This episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Campus Point Coffee was founded in 2019 by former UC Santa Barbara students. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they had to go strictly online. TSK Show listeners will get 15% off their purchase from CampusPointCoffee.com by entering the promo code TSK Show. That's promo code TSK Show for 15% off from CampusPointCoffee.com. And Campus Point Coffee has a variety of different roasts to choose from. And even if coffee really isn't your thing, don't worry. They have plenty of other merch like mugs, tumblers, and T-shirts, and even a tote bag, all on CampusPointCoffee.com. Well, speaking of that other merch, Jacob, I actually ordered my dad one of the tumblers and another batch of the medium roast, so we should be getting that within a couple of days. Yeah, man, I, I got myself the mug a while ago, and I always start the day with their espresso blend, make myself a little Americano action. I know nothing beats uh, a morning like uh, a cup of coffee fresh from Campus Point Coffee. Support us while supporting a company that makes probably the best coffee ever, in addition to helping save the beaches at the same time. Campus Point Coffee takes a portion of their profits and organizes their own beach cleanups as well. So if you're a coffee lover or you want to rock some cool merch while helping save the beaches, just enter promo code TSK Show at checkout for 15% off your purchase from CampusPointCoffee.com. That's promo code TSK Show for 15% off your purchase at CampusPointCoffee.com. 
I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. Oh, man. It was so good to watch a f- football on Sunday. It it was what we needed, I think. And uh, it was good going over to uh, our good old friend, Corey Golob, and Brett Riley's apartment and getting to watch the Seahawks and the Falcons game with Tyler as well. Tyler, how was, how was that getting to see the Seahawks get the first dub of the year? Well... Our saying, you know, between me and those guys is the Seahawks are the only thing in the world that never let us down, even when they do let us down. So it's just, it felt good, man. I mean, Seahawks is something that I can always count on. And I think that that's where the love of sports really comes from is watching your team go out there and get dubs. Yeah. So we're going to get into your TSK show power rankings and, uh, a couple of minutes but I first wanted to obviously go over the first week of the TSK show fantasy football league and obviously we're in a whole bunch of different leagues so uh Tyler how'd you do in fantasy week one uh pretty bad to be honest with you <laughs> you and me uh, both won, brother you and me both uh I won one league handily I lost one pretty bad and then while I'm watching the game now is I'm down 15 uh, or I'm down 14.8 or something. I need 15 points from Brandon McMahon as the kicker, which is a really big long shot. It's Juju doable Smith though. Juju Smith's second touchdown tonight put me put me down 15 rather than eight. So uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 riding Brandon McManus tonight for the dub. So, I need I need like a 50. I need at least one 50 yarder. He's capable of capable of that. He's he's got a bit of a boomstick. Well, Denver baby, so. Uh, that's you know that was kind of my strategy by taking him anyways. That's a smart strategy. So week one, hopefully that strategy is going to cash in for me. Well, I also have a player in the Denver-Tennessee game going. I have Melvin Gordon going in the TSK Show League. He was one of my keepers. But uh, it's not looking good for me. I started out the week or the season 0-1 in all three of my leagues. Uh, Currently... In the TSK Show League, I'm down 148.58 to 111 to uh, Kieran. And then in the Valley Village Invitational, I'm currently losing by 67 points, 177 to 110, and I, I lost that matchup. And then in the League of Fools, I lost 135.6 to 116.58. So just not a good performance all around from, I should al- from my teams. I should, al- I should also add before we move on that I, in fact, traded Juju Smith to the person I'm playing, oh. and Juju Smith happened to be the player to beat me, so it was completely a revenge game. And even if I do end up winning this game miraculously, I'm not, I really can't feel good about it because 
what I like to call the toilet bowl um, in fantasy football is when the two lowest scores play each other. And that's what happened tonight is me and Alex are the two lowest scores in the TSK show league. So even if I get the dub, it's just not a good feeling yeah. uh, this week at all. Juju got bad juju for Tyler. Yeah, no, literally trading away Juju gave you some bad juju. But let's let's try and switch things up and give you some better juju. Why don't you hit us with the week two TSK show power rankings? This uh, this week was a lot more fun, a lot easier to do, uh, purely because I finally got some, you know, tape. Now I will give the tight, you know, the Titans are kind of on the bubble. Uh, I don't think that they would have ended up making the top ten, even if they blow out Denver tonight, but. They're kind of like unfortunate because I didn't get to see their week one game yet. But uh, yeah, I know. Uh, we're, here we go. I'm gonna... We we we're also recording on a Monday night. We don't usually do that. Uh, my my schedule kind of got moved around this week, so we had to move things up. We don't normally record during Monday night football, but it is what it is. So we're rolling with the punches. Yeah, no, we'll... yeah we'll know by the end of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so starting at number ten, I got a team that took a loss. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I kept them in the top 10 purely because, uh, you know, Green Bay, I picked Green Bay to win that game. Uh, I think Green Bay is a lot better than most people think. Aaron, Aaron, they got Aaron on his first game after Green Bay drafting Jordan Love. That's exactly what I predicted. Exactly. So, uh, Minnesota, I think, you know, that was a tough loss. Their offense played good. Their defense just unfortunately ran into Aaron on the bad, bad day. So uh, I got Minnesota still in the top 10. I just like their roster too much, top to bottom, or well-rounded. Now, moving up. I don't know if I've ever done this before in the TSK show history, but I got a tie at number eight. Eight, nine, tie. I can't pick. And it's between the Sunday night night football matchup of the L.A. Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, obviously, the Rams won that game, so, you know, it's easy to just put the Rams ahead. But, first of all, I was higher on Dallas before that game uh, than I was the Rams. Um, So, obviously, I you know, I think that Dallas' roster is better, although the Rams showed me that their defense is definitely going to hold this team afloat. Um, That's what I was going to ask you. Aaron, Aaron Donald and Brandon just look too good. You know, Aaron Donald's probably the best player in the NFL. It's not a quarterback. Um, and then Sean McVay's offense looked good. I liked their post girly life game plan. Three running backs, um, all stayed pretty fresh, ran the ball well, and then uh, getting other guys mixed up in the passing game. And then they hung their hat on Bob Woods, who's been there. Cooper Cup didn't have a, a massive game, but he'll be there for them during the season. So I, I really thought Sean McVay kind of showed why he's such a good coach and why the Rams kind of blew up in the first place. Um, you know, so I, I think that the Rams are, are there now. The ending of the game and that, that, that pass interference call, Michael Gallup, that's where, unfortunately, it's really tough for me to judge which team is better here. Well, they missed the, uh, because, they missed the rough in the passer on Alden Smith when he hit Jared Goff in the face that led to Jared Goff's no, only and, interception. And and that's the issue why you can't do this because you can just start going down until the start of the game. Exactly. I mean, the refs, the refs didn't have a preseason but, either. They're, that, they're still getting no, their kinks no, worked and, out. 
and and which is why I have L.A. and Dallas. Just I can't. I mean, they're really they're literally a ref a ref's call away, you know, from being one position or the other. Um, but either well, way, I just think that Dallas and L.A. are both really really good football teams that are going to push the New Orleans, the the Seattle's um, for the. Uh, you know the top spot in the, the NFC. So I mean, and you kind of, you kind of answered the question I was going to ask you when you mentioned that this was the tie, and you were you were conflicted on on which team to to kind of go with for the for the eight nine position. And the question I was going to ask was, did either team show you something that not necessarily that you were looking for? for them to show you, but maybe something you weren't looking for that they showed you and you were like, oh, wow, I didn't know this team could do that and they did it really well week one. Well, so the Rams definitely had a lot of stuff that I didn't – that they showed me that they could survive post-curly with their offense. So they showed me that. And then, they, and then Aaron Donald basically – and Jalen Ramsey, I would like to say. And they have a lot of good players on that defense, but – those two guys are really just so fucking special and it doesn't really matter who else is on the field. The, those two guys are going to be able to, to play with anybody in the NFL. They're going to give every single team in the NFL, all 31 other teams problems. So they really just showed me, I knew they were good, but they really just showed me that defense is like, it's going to be tough. It's a lot better uh, than, than I thought previously. Offense is better than I thought previously. Although I thought it could be good because I was a believer in McVay, I just didn't know what it would look like post-Gurley. Yeah. And then as far as Dallas goes, Dallas, when it comes to Zeke, I, I saw what I thought I would see, and that's just a dominant runner. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a Dak guy, and I think that Dak is why this team has been getting over the hump. And he kind of reassured me on that as well. Now, go back, you know, the Michael Gallup throw was big time. That was a dime. That was huge. And, the, you know, obviously the call didn't go their way. Uh, but Dak really, to me, is the guy that's like, he's, he's not elite. He's not that elite word that we want to always label guys in the NFL. So I kind of got reassured by their offense. Now, Dallas's defense, on the other hand, uh, took, got banged up. And yeah. uh, that's going to hurt them moving forward. Vander Esch is out so, six to eight weeks. Yeah, uh, if, he's, if he's lucky, which, I mean, these these athletes recover quick, but uh, so Dallas's offense, Dallas's defense is not going to be as good moving forward with that big injury. Um, their offense is what I thought it was, but, but the Rams look better on both sides of the ball than I was expecting. All right, so you're going nine Cowboys, eight Rams. I get it. I, I, I can give you that. For <laughs> I can give you that for tonight. I, I over, yeah, please just give I Eric over, the Rams ahead. <laughs> I oversold the Cowboys week one, but I also think that it was more the Rams being better than I thought than Dallas not being as good as I thought. Um, so, anyways, that's enough Ram talk. <laughs> Moving on to number seven, this is the team that would, you know, if I did a full ranking, would probably make the biggest jump, but that's the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I just, you know, you know how I feel about Aaron. I think outside of Patrick Mahomes, he's the best football player in the NFL. Uh, he just gets it done, and when he's pissed off, I think he plays even better because he's just a chip-on-his-shoulder kind of guy. That's how he's made his name in this league. Um, so, really, I have Aaron Rodgers as the seventh-best football team in the NFL. Yeah, because you did not have them in the top ten last week. 
I don't think I would even have them in the top 15, but to go out there, even though I picked them to win, I picked them to win more so because I'm a fan. Yeah. Like I think on paper, Minnesota at home looked like a good win. But uh, well, I yeah, and we it's a different Rogers, it's a different mindset when you're coming up with the power rankings and when we're talking about picks of the week and and what's happening with matchups. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I believe that Rodgers would do what he did, and uh, if he didn't do what he did, they were going to take a loss. But I just you know I think we might be seeing that kind of campaign all year. Um, so you know the rest of their team, I'm not you know Devonte Adams looks like he's going to have year michael thomas had last year where he just gets 15 targets a game so yeah, he has to be, be though that's gonna be fun to watch um yeah uh so moving on to number six i've got one of only three afc teams in the top 10 and that's the buffalo bills uh the buffalo bills i had them pretty high they came out they did what they were supposed to one handily defense looks good um, I'm not, I'm not super, I didn't get to watch their game in full. Uh, so I'm still kind of, I haven't seen their running backs play a lot. I know Stephon Diggs is going to be a good addition. I think Josh Allen just keeps progressing. He's looking good. Um, I like Buffalo moving forward, especially into the cold weather months. Uh, they moved into the top five. This team is really hard to keep in the top five, but because of their week one matchup, I give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's Tampa Bay. So yeah, uh, I, I think I think a lot of people want to be, you know, when you have these these like hype teams, you're just so quick to swing the pendulum. They suck. They're amazing. They're gonna win. They're gonna lose. You know what I mean? Uh, I think there's somewhere more in the middle. They're a team with a new quarterback, a lot of new faces on offense. Um, so they played arguably the best football team in the NFL, and the New Orleans Saints has been together for the last 150 years. So <laughs> I still like Tampa Bay being a real threat to everybody and ultimately a Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl contender. Then at number four, I got my boys, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they look honestly, good. The top four, I think these top four teams had the four most impressive wins uh, of the weekend. And uh, yeah, Seattle, I, you know, we kind of talked, I talked last week a little bit about like letting Russ, you know, how we were like in the last five years, we've ran the ball the least amount in the first quarter of the NFL total. So we just like don't come out the gates typically. It feels like we let Russ do his thing a little more. Uh, Russ looked amazing. He was like, didn't, didn't throw an incompletion, I don't think, to like pass 14 or something. Um, and then our defense looked solid. I know that the, the Falcons put up a lot of points, but they were kind of in a gun mode being playing from behind most of the game. And uh, Julio Jones is a special player. So he moves the sticks quite a bit. And so I, I think we, our offense outweighed our defense. So that's good because we're a defensive football team. Uh, but I think Seattle, man, I mean, you got to be crazy to think that they're not a Super Bowl contender after that first game. No, I think they definitely look like the NFC West favorite right now. I mean, we're only one week in and then I know there's a lot of, of football left to play but I watched that full game with you guys and they looked solid yeah Jamal Adams stepped right in and be a big he was all maker. over the field so everybody's super you know there's a lot of excitement a lot of energy um and we got a lot of momentum and you know all four of these teams in this top four are 
you know, the biggest wins coming out of week one, and they have so much kind of built in already that I think they were the least affected by COVID, and it's showing because they have veteran quarterbacks, because they have star quarterbacks, because they have coaches that have been there for years, uh, systems in place. Uh, this top four it really has a theme to it. So, for so moving on from Seattle, I've got Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and company. Uh, she just a nut, and you picked up right where they left off. Embarrassed, we talked, how, we, talked we talked about how we thought uh, they would pick up from where they left off because of the sour taste in their mouth of that playoff loss after such a dominant regular season. So, um, yeah, we know the story there. Lamar Jackson, uh, the great Baltimore defense. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna push they're gonna push Kansas City for. AFC title. Uh, coming in at number two, I got New Orleans Saints holding off Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady and Gronk's opening night. Uh, they just looked good. They looked sharp. Drew Brees even had, uh, you know, a little point there where he was like one of six in, in like a little span. Uh, they, they survived every little piece of adversity that came their way. Uh, they looked finely tuned and another one of those teams that picked up where they left off. The now, trick play, the uh, trick play that they ran with uh, Taysom it, Hill, it, where uh, Drew Brees just tossed it to Taysom and Taysom just dropped a dime. I don't remember exactly which receiver it was. It wasn't Michael Thomas. It was someone else. Uh, but he just dropped an absolute dime, and it was just like wow. That I mean, at that point, they were just toying with with the Buccaneers. Yeah, no, I mean, they're uh, they're going to be dangerous. Taysom Hill is a dangerous football player. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's kind of the football player I always wanted to be. I love, I love moving around in the field, uh, playing different positions, and you can tell that's. I mean, he's just dangerous. You, I, you don't really know how to guard him. He can throw. He can run. He can catch. He can block. I definitely picture you as a Taysom Hill type player. He's uh, he's he's uh, he's fun to watch, man. Big fan. And then number one, I don't think any surprise here. Nope. Got the Kansas City Chiefs coming in and knocking off for a super tough. You know, Houston Texans team, I think that they're a lot better than people thought they were going to be. Um, so, you know. Well, not not DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> well, no, De- you know, he's going he's gonna to ball out for Arizona. But, hey, like I said, man, opening, opening up the offense, sometimes, you know, it's addition by subtraction. And when you start throwing to the open guy, that's when magic really starts happening. Peyton Manning's, Tom Brady's, Drew Brees's. Uh, Rodgers, where it just doesn't matter what receivers you line up, you're just throwing to the open guy. Um, I think that's what's happening in Houston. And and Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback, and I think that he's going to be able to just pick people apart because they're pretty well balanced. Um, but Kansas City beat them. They're, to me, the best team in the league. Clyde edwards Hart looks just as good as everybody kind of thought he was going to. Their offense is just so dominant. Um, it's going to be tough to beat them all year. They could be looking at 14, 15, may I say even 16 wins. I mean, Mahomes is unreal. Yeah, I mean, just watching that game on Thursday night, it was Houston's defense is pretty solid. I mean, J.J. Watt is arguably one of the best defensive players in the league when healthy, and they, they have some good pieces around him as well. But there's just there's just no stopping Kansas City's offense. Uh, it's one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, Andy Reid's one of the best play callers I've ever seen. So, 
they're just they're going to be dangerous. But yeah, man, I mean, Kansas City, New Orleans, Baltimore, Seattle, all four of those teams just look scary good to me. I really think that those four teams, even after week one, I would pick the the conference championship game. Uh, they're just they kind of look a tier above the rest. But uh, anyways, that's the top ten. I can run it back for you really quick uh, from the top. I had Kansas City at number one. Then I got New Orleans Saints, uh, the Ravens, the Seahawks, the Bucks. Uh, then I got the Bills, the Packers, the Rams, I guess, the Cowboys, <laughs> and then the Vikings. All right, so before we make our picks, this segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J. Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. Now, how did we all do week one with our picks? Jacob, how did you do? Uh, I only had five losses. Okay. So I, did, I think I did pretty well. Okay. There was a couple that I wish would have went my way, but, you know. No, listen. It, stuff, stuff happens. If you're – if so who did you pick in the Monday night game? Oh, that was easy. That was Kansas. No, Monday night game. Oh, oh t- today. Tonight. So I have uh, Steelers and Giants. Um, so so who, I, I picked Steelers, and okay. then I picked the Titans over the Broncos. Okay, so if the Titans win, you go 11-5. and five. That's yeah, solid that's, for week that's one. That's good for that, me. You're sitting pretty. Yeah. Tyler, how did you do? I'm ten and five as well, but I'm riding the Broncos, baby. So okay, if the Bron- if the Bron- if the Broncos win, I'm sitting at eleven and five. Okay, so I'm currently sitting at nine and six. So if the Titans win, I'll end up ten and six. So we'll yeah, we're all over five hundred. Yeah. We all had very good weeks, I would say. I'll take it. So I, I think I think the Packers call. It was big time. Yep. Uh, for me, the other big call that I had was Vegas coming in on the road. Yeah, that was big time uh, for you. See, that's the one that I went with uh, Carolina. I also got Philly. Yeah, ro- I got Philly wrong. So did I. Every, I didn't. I didn't think Philly was going to lose that, that like that that bad. That, Come on. That was. The, I think that was the only one we all got wrong. Um. I think everybody. I think everybody picked Philly or not. Did you pick the Niners last right? week? Oh, uh, yep, yep, everyone probably picked the Niners. No, too, I huh? picked the Cardinals. So, there you go. So, I picked, uh, yep. Yeah, so. I, I picked Dallas. You guys obviously picked the Rams. Yeah. So. Uh, we all picked the Buccaneers, I think, to win. Uh, no, I picked the Saints to win. Oh, I picked the Buccaneers. Whoops. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. enough enough about week one. Let's, let's talk about week two because we got another full week. Uh, a full slate, all sixteen, or all sixteen, all thirty-two teams play. There will be sixteen games this week. Obviously, after week four, the bye weeks will kick in, and we'll we'll take it how we go. But Thursday night football, the Battle of Ohio, both teams coming in zero and one. Cleveland got embarrassed by Baltimore, and Cincinnati they put up a great fight hey, they look good yeah they put up a great fight against the chargers the the defense looks solid uh didn't didn't give up that many points uh joe burrow first week rookie quarterback he he had some flashes of of i don't want to say greatness but he looked he looked good 
there there were some bright moments for him, but then there were also moments where he looked like a rookie quarterback. And the shovel pass? <laughs> yeah, the shovel pass wasn't a good look. But uh, Cincinnati, own one, they lost because of a missed field goal to tie the game, and it was one of the worst missed field goals I've ever seen. I think the kicker even grabbed his leg as soon as uh, he kicked it because I think he hurt his hamstring or something. Jeez, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't good. I will say this: I was rooting for the Bengals, even though I chose the Chargers in my pick. Towards the end of the game, I was like, "Bro, I just want him to get his first win." But, <laughs> Listen, but it, it was uh, let's just put it this way: thirty yards too shy. <laughs> the the Bengals had every opportunity to get they did. Joe Burrow his first victory, but they couldn't get it done. But now Cleveland and Cincinnati, Tyler. Who do you have winning this game and why? Uh, well, both of these teams, I think, are better than the 0-1 record it shows. Cleveland had a, a horrible week one matchup. I'm not quick to jump off the Cleveland wagon quite yet. This they did year. have to put Njoku uh, on IR. I, ju- I, just, uh, I, f- I just remembered that. That's all right. They got plenty of weapons. Uh, and then Cincinnati looked good. I mean, I don't think that their defense is going to be able to stop anybody. And ultimately, they have a rookie quarterback. So they're going to have a lot of lumps this year. I still, I still think they have around four wins. So I got Cleveland winning this home game. I think they're the better football team. Um, and this could be a good way for them to get some momentum, getting a, getting a win against what I would consider a bottom feeder team in the NFL, and then getting the long week, you know, coming off Thursday night football. So if they could put that Baltimore loss behind them, buckle down and get a win that they should be able to get, they're way more talented when it comes to the offense, Cleveland's offense versus Cincinnati's defense. They should dominate that matchup. Yeah. Uh, and they should be able to do enough on defense to confuse a rookie quarterback. Now the Bengals, it was nice to see A.J. Green out there healthy. Uh, Burrow had some, like you said, he had some flashes, uh, some, some flashes of uh, being able to play, I guess and some flashes of being a rookie quarterback. But I got Cleveland in this one, ultimately. Yeah, I also got Cleveland winning this game. I think, ultimately, they're just the better football team. I think Miles Garrett is going to have his way with uh, a rookie quarterback on defense. And uh, I almost said Houston. Cleveland's offense has the weapons, and Baker Mayfield should be able to get them the ball. Uh, So, I mean, I I have Cleveland winning this game, Jacob. Who do you got winning? I got to go with Cincinnati on this one. I know okay. I know Cleveland, they faced a tough Ravens team, but I really like what I saw from Burrow, and I just can't bet on the Browns all the time when Baker Mayfield behind the ball. Hey, can't no, do it. It's a, it's a fair point. And he already looks – Burrow looks a lot better to me than Baker did in his first year. Yeah. That's, that's just And that's just one game. Listen. Well, it, Baker's first year was his best year, so – it's it's tough it's just changing coaches every year you know i don't think people understand like what a blessing it is to have the same coach your first three years versus having you know what baker and josh rosen have gone through where you have three coaches in three years you know yeah so all right the sunday morning games uh, the first matchup we're, we got is the New York Giants going to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears. The New York Giants coming off their loss tonight on Monday Night Football to the New York Giant or to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and 
Chicago coming off a big fourth quarter comeback win against the Detroit Lions. Detroit, obviously, they dropped the ball in the end zone to to win the game, and Chicago ends up winning the game. Such I'm, a heartbreaking loss. Yeah. No, I mean, the, you, huh. you, you don't want to lose that way. But, and you don't, man, first game for that kid. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just the story of the Detroit Lions, but. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, and I'm I'm really torn about this Giants Bears game, but for some reason I I don't know, I I think the Giants are going to win this game somehow some way. I think Mitch Trubisky, I know he looked good week 1. That's surprising, didn't it? But it's Mitch Trubisky and we never know what he looks like going to look like week to week, so it's it's tough. I'm I'm going with the Giants, uh but I'm willing to hear arguments on on the Bears. <laughs> Well, I got the Bears purely because I think that their their strengths match up with the Giants' strengths. Um, so it's like you know I think that they have the ability to to play Saquon pretty tough, just like Pittsburgh did tonight. I didn't get to see a lot of Chicago's game. I saw all of New York's game. Um, so I like Chicago being able to control the ball uh, on offense and play you know kind of shut down the Giants. Um, so I got Chicago winning. Giants, though, real quick, Giants, do not let Saquon become Barry Sanders. Uh, they need to uh, – they've got, they've got a quarterback that's good enough. You know what I mean? They've got, they've got Saquon. They just need to draft O-linemen next three years. They just need to commit to him. They have, like – Saquon could be the best running back ever. Uh, and it's just – it sucks watching him play for the Giants. Yeah, I don't I know. Don't want to, I just – I don't want to see him lose for 10 years and walk away. Yeah, watching the the first half of that game before coming into the the studio to record tonight, I just I was dumbfounded with the Giants game plan and how they were using Saquon. It it just it made no sense to me. Yeah, well, I think they just need to really commit to the, you know, the offensive line. I know that, you know, they can that'll give them the the ability to pay Daniel Jones if if that's the case when it comes around. They'll have the ability to pay Saquon because these linemen will be on their rookie contracts if they want to make a Super Bowl run in the next, you know, four or five years. All right, Jacob, who you, you got in that game? You Super Bowl run if you got fucking Saquon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could definitely build a Super Bowl team around Saquon for sure. Jacob, who you got? As inconsistent as he is, I still got to go with Trubisky and the Bears on this one. All right, I'll, I'm switching my pick. I'm putting it on the record. I'm, yeah. I'm going to the Bears, too. So we're all on the Bears yeah. for that game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You don't dude, want to be the lone I, Giants I really, pick. I like the Giants' future. I hope that they, I hope that they settle on this coach, um, who he, you know, the Giants have one of only three rookie head coaches. It's just if if the coach can stay with Daniel Jones, and they can pay Saquon, they have a bright future. It's just fuck. Look, it, it was tough watching them tonight. Yeah, they played. They played hard. They just didn't have enough. All right, the next matchup we got is the Atlanta Falcons going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Both teams are coming in 0-1. I liked what I saw from Atlanta. Oh, yeah. I Todd Gurley, he looked good. He played well in his first game. Yeah, I, I was happy to see him look healthy. 
And obviously the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones connection, we know how explosive that can be. Calvin Ridley looked great in his second year. Um, and then Dallas, like Tyler, I'm not really a believer in Dak. Zeke, he looked great in the run game. And, I mean, with Leighton Vander Esch going down at least six to eight weeks, that's a huge blow to their defense. They lost a tight end on offense as well for the season. I got Atlanta winning this game. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Dallas. Uh, like obviously, we talked in the power rankings that I do like their roster. Dak is my concern. I don't know if he's got the juice to really put him over the top. Um, but uh, I got them winning this game at home. Unfortunately, I did like what I saw from Atlanta on offense. But man, they've been able to do this for years. I mean, they've been able to put yard, big chunks of yards up. They've been able to put points on the board to lose. Yeah, and this is just what they do, and and it just it's kind of disappointing. I mean, it doesn't look like they got they got any better. They're just the same old Atlanta Falcons. They're going to be competitive, but they're not a real threat to win at all. Ever since that Super Bowl debacle, Jacob, who you got? Got to go with the Falcons on the road for this one. Okay. Next, we got the Detroit Lions going to the Green Bay Packers, going to play at Historic Lambeau Field. Detroit obviously coming off the heartbreaking loss to the Bears and then the Packers coming off the huge game from Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Parker. I got Green Bay winning this game pretty easily at home. I mean, just an absolutely devastating way to lose for the Lions week one. It just an absolute punch to the gut. And, I mean, Green Bay came out swinging like like I said last week, Aaron Rodgers feels like he's still got something to prove, especially with Green Bay not getting him any sort of help in terms of weapons on offense uh, this offseason. So I have Aaron Rodgers. He might go out and win MVP this year just as a fuck you to the, his own organization being like, you didn't get me any weapons and look what I still did kind of thing. So... I got Green Bay winning this game pretty easily, and I, I have a feeling I'm going to be picking Green Bay to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, I got Green Bay, too. Def Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to gun for the MVP trophy. Detroit's going to be – Detroit's going to have struggles up and down, kind of what they do. They're a competitive football team, but I think it's just the NFC is just so deep. Every division is, is deep. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think the Lions are going to be looking at the playoffs this year. I hate to count them out so early, but <laughs> uh, but Green Bay, I think, is going to win this game pretty handily. Like you said, a heartbreaking loss followed by a beating by Aaron Rodgers. That's a tough 0-2 start. They're really going to have to buckle down and be resilient. To, you know, it's a long season. So Yeah, I mean, they if, if Detroit wants to have any sort of success this year, they got to at least go two and two these first four weeks. If, uh, if they're looking at an zero and two start the way that we're predicting it well, to go. Well, you start losing, you start questioning yourself and you start changing shit. And so I think that they have a good base. They have some good runners. They have Stafford. Um, they have a defensive minded football coach. Well, an offensive minded football coach. I'm sorry, but their defense is a little bit of a liability. But uh, ultimately, I think the offense is, is talented enough with all those, you know, the coach and all those weapons uh, to win some games. But it's the other teams in the NFC more so than Detroit. 
So Green Bay's going to get this dub for sure. Jacob, siding with you guys on this one, Packers all the way. All right, the next matchup we got the Minnesota Vikings going to Indianapolis to take on the Colts and Phillip Rivers. Minnesota coming off the loss to Philip uh to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Phillip Rivers and the Colts coming off the loss to Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So both teams coming off uh losses. Minnesota's loss not as surprising. Indianapolis's loss definitely a lot more surprising. Uh but Indianapolis did lose Marlon Mack for the year, torn a, uh, Achilles. So Tyler, your fantasy pick with Jonathan Jonathan Taylor is looking really solid. Uh, sidebar. That was a nice, that was that was a nice little win of the week. If I don't actually get the win, yeah, which it's not looking like I will. Um, but I got Minnesota winning this game. I I didn't like what I saw from Philip Rivers. Uh, I I went back and watched some of the highlights, and I he just I hate to say it, he looked old. He is old. <laughs> I mean, in, in athletic years, he's like eighty-seven out there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and having know, having eleven kids definitely takes a little bit out of the legs, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you gotta you gotta stop I, at one point. I love Rivers, man. I'm a lifelong fan, but yeah, I mean, it happens. Every father's time catches up with everybody. Um, I got Minnesota winning this game on the road too. I just don't. I like the Colts foundation. Um, but they may just not have enough juice to get enough wins. Yeah, I thought that they would be pushing for a playoff spot, um, but you know they've got to get. I think they've got to get offensive line, which is a great place to start. But I kind of got to see everything else. Everything else is kind of up in the air. They got Ty Hillman to get offensive line. Uh, that's really all I know. So Rivers has obviously got to play better for them to be competitive and. It's tough asking him to do that at, you know, 38 years old. So uh, I'm going Minnesota. On yeah. The road. Yeah. And I just, I have to imagine Minnesota's, Minnesota's defense has uh, a better performance, especially with the way they performed against Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, yeah, I got, I got Minnesota winning as well. Jacob, what about you? Yeah. I'm taking the Vikings. Again, they, they, they ran into a better Packers team this past weekend. So I think that they go out and win this one. All right, the next matchup we got, uh, it's in the AFC East. We got the Buffalo Bills coming in at 1-0. and They're going down to Miami, who is 0-1. Uh, they lost to the Patriots week one. Uh, I got Buffalo coming in and winning this game. I think they're the better team, clearly, over Miami. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a pretty easy win for Buffalo. Their defense looked amazing against the Jets. And... Josh Allen was doing it all for him on offense. He was running it in. He was throwing it in for touchdowns. It it was a great performance for him, and it was, uh, I think, definitely the right step in his development and what he needs. Yeah, I got Buffalo, too. I think this could be a good chance for him to really get some momentum going. Miami's going to struggle. They're, de- they're developing their team. Um, they're doing the right things, though. They're going to they're gonna try – a lot of guys out at a lot of different positions and, you know, through that process, they're going to find some gems and, you know, find some pieces that they can build moving forward. Uh, but as far as this goes, they're kind of just in the way of Buffalo, uh, really trying to take a stranglehold of that division while New England's quote unquote down, but they're not really down. 
Yeah, I got to side with you guys on this one. Bills, just from they're building on from what they're from their success last year, and I think that they go out and win this game. All right, the next matchup we got the San Francisco 49ers going to the East Coast to take on the New York Jets. San Francisco coming off, uh, I would say, the surprising yeah, upset. Very surprising. Uh, with the Cardinals beating them week one, and then the Jets losing to the Bills week one, and then also Le'Veon Bell, who uh, is going to be out for multiple weeks, according to multiple reports that I have seen, given that he is on my fantasy team uh, on, in two leagues. Yeah. He's on. He's in two of my on my team in two leagues as well. So, yeah. Dude, luckily, I drafted Frank Gore on all those teams. I have Frank Gore as well in one one of those leagues, and I'm also I put in a waiver claim for uh, Hines on the Colts because he had a great week one. What, Frank Gore is going to be a legitimate flex play because he's just if they get anywhere inside the five, he's getting the ball. So he may not get. 80, 100-yard rushing games at all this whole season. But, but he'll get the touchdowns. Gonna he's going to get vultures some goal-line touches, you know. So, but, uh, I, I got San Francisco winning this game for sure. Yeah, I have San Francisco winning. Yeah. yeah, I have San Francisco winning this game as well. I think they're the clearly the better team. Yeah, I don't think they get surprised by the Jets. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Sam Darnold didn't look all that great week one either. So, um the Jets, I think they're going to continue to be the Jets, especially if they don't have their premier running back. The guy there, I mean, he's the Le'Veon Bell's the face of their franchise. Let's be real here, guys. Uh, Sam yeah, Donald hasn't, to, hasn't, to he hasn't done, outside yeah. World. Yeah, Sam Donald hasn't done enough to take that title yet. So, uh, just based off of how much money he makes, uh, Le'Veon Bell is the face of the Jets franchise. But yeah, we're all in agreement here. San Francisco wins this game pretty easily. Now, the next game, we got the Rams traveling to the East Coast to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Rams 1-0, the Eagles 0-1. The Eagles were up, I believe, 17 to nothing on the Washington football team. I almost said uh, what their former name was. Um, but the Eagles were up 17 to nothing, and then Carson Wentz ends up getting sacked eight times overall for the game eight times overall and this is Carson Wentz he's known to have injuries he has missed multiple parts of the year Nick Foles ended up winning the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles because Carson Wentz ended up getting hurt in the Rams game that year uh, coincidentally but that offensive line was atrocious against a team that we all thought was going to be very bad. And you think it's going to fare against Aaron Donald and the Rams? Did you see what Aaron Donald did to Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, he threw him. He, he, he chokeslammed him. him. It was, and then there was another play where Aaron Donald came busting through the offensive line, and I think he moved two two of Dallas's offensive linemen and was able to get to Dak, but Dak, Dak was able to get the throw off. But, I mean, the way he moved two offensive linemen, it was, I mean, Aaron Donald's a force of nature. Uh, safe to say, I'm going with the Rams on this one. Yeah, I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm for bias reasons, obviously. But I mean, just, this one's not even a bias reason. This one's just strictly who's the better football team. Yeah, I mean, the Rams are the better football team in this matchup, given what we saw Week One from these two teams. So, 
it's it's a pretty easy call for me. Yeah, I like the Rams too. I think that I think it's safe to say that the uh, the underdog that underdog era of Philadelphia football I think is over. We talk, I talked about Philly last year, last week, um, and Wentz having to playing with the fear. Yeah, you know he's his, his like he just he's not as he's not the same guy he was. I think at eight sacks is holding. I don't care how bad your offensive line plays, eight sacks is way too many. That's on the quarterback too. You have to be able to get the ball off, e- even if you know. I know that it's, it's tough under pressure, but good quarterbacks get rid of the ball quicker. Um, he's holding. If, even if, if you hesitate just for a second and hold that ball, um, those are sacks. Um, or those are picks, or you know, those are bad plays. So I think that that's how Wentz is playing. I don't know. I think that Wentz's best days are behind him. I don't think we ever see Carson Wentz play at the level he was before he got hurt and Foles came in and won the Super Bowl. He'll never be that good again. Um, and Miles Sanders being out uh, adds another, you know, injury. Um, so I just I don't like this Philly team moving forward. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think their window is officially closed. I think they got lucky getting yeah, the one Super Bowl. And they made their name on people like us saying shit like that. So that <laughs> is like the thing. It's like same coach, same program. You know, uh, there's a lot of similar faces. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the issue with the Eagles. Is that, you know, they're the underdogs for a reason. But I really do think that it's Wentz that's over. Yeah. So, all right, the next game we got is the Denver Broncos going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Pittsburgh getting the win earlier tonight on Monday Night Football over the New York Giants. And now the Denver Broncos are playing the primetime Monday Night Football game against the Tennessee Titans. That game is currently in the second quarter with about 12 and a half minutes to go. Broncos are up 7 to nothing. There was apparently an altercation uh, skirmish in the game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he he just threw a big right hand. Yeah, Rashawn Evans, the Titans linebacker, was ejected for throwing a punch at uh, Broncos tight end Jake Butt. Uh, Tyler nailed him, dude. What? So what happened? Uh, honestly, I wasn't paying attention. Like uh, you know, I'm kind of half paid attention i always saw the aftermath so oh, okay. i really didn't see like how, how it led up to it but i saw the punch okay so what was the punch i mean he was just squared up for them obviously they must have been skirmishing shoving whatever it was and then he just threw a big right hand and drilled him on the side of the helmet no he, he punched him that's always funny to me when the football players are punching the helmets like that's gonna hurt it's not gonna do anything either <laughs> Well, it's kind of a free punch, you know. You, yeah. There's no chance of hurt, hurting the guy. I've been I've been punched in a football game, and I have punched people in a football game. I've been on both ends of it. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, this this Denver Steelers game I think is is going to be interesting. Um, I mean the the fact that uh, it's seven to nothing in the second quarter, and the Broncos are winning, I think is a surprise to me at least. Um, I thought Tennessee might be able at least to. To, to get one score in the first quarter, uh, given uh, Derrick Henry and what he could bring to the table. Oh, Denver, Denver just fumbled Tennessee ball. Oh, there we go. Uh, I spoke too I like soon. The 25, <laughs> I like the 25. Well, and, and that just kind of um, – it kind of goes with Uh-oh. what I'm about to say. 
Uh, it was I, Melvin Gordon who fumbled. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Real bad stretch for you there, Scar. God damn it. <laughs> Just <laughs> add insult to injury uh, for, for fantasy this week. Uh, but I legitimately it, didn't think it was. And then, I was <laughs> then he popped up. I was like, uh-oh. I was yeah. When you said fumble, I thought maybe it was a receiver, hoping it was Philip Lindsay, but uh, guess not. But anyway, I I got Pittsburgh beating Denver week two. Um, I mean Ben Roethlisberger in his first game after missing almost all of last year with the elbow injury, he definitely looked rusty. But I mean Juju looked incredible with two touchdowns. Uh, James Conner, he's a he's definitely a solid back in the NFL and Pittsburgh defense. They are animals. TJ Watt had an interception today. It they they're just all over the field. So I, I got Pittsburgh winning. Uh, Denver obviously missing Bradley Chubb and Von Miller uh, for the season. Uh, I don't know if Bradley Chubb is out for the season, but Von Miller is out for the season. Um, I think Pittsburgh's Chubb, offense. Chubb's playing. Oh, Chubb ended Chubb's up playing? playing. He's playing, but he's hurt. Okay, so he's he, not. A, he's not one hundred percent, but he's playing. So, I mean, I got I got Pittsburgh winning against the Broncos next week at home. What about you guys? Yeah, I got to go with the Steelers I'm, on this one. Uh, completely different team where they don't have the anchor of their defense and Miller for the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going Pitt. I think Big Ben's back. He looked good. He shook off the little the slow start, and uh, he just looks like he's ready to roll. They, they talked about it uh, on the broadcast that, you know, it felt like, Big Ben was back. The plays he was making, extending the plays. That run, that like run he, he had was great. Where uh, all, all the old guys are running around out here. Yeah, <laughs> it's been crazy. If we talked about it, right? it was we saw Brady scored, Breeze scored. Yeah, Brady's um, first touchdown for the Bucks was a rushing touchdown for himself. It was great. Yeah. So, uh, but regardless, I think Pitt Pitt is right there in the top ten knocking the door as well just after that one week. I think that they answered all the questions I had. Uh, they're deep receiver. They're deep at running back. It was unfortunate to see my guy, Zach Banner. Um, yeah, that was tough. Lakewood native. Uh, went to same high school as Jermaine Curse. Uh, he, he went down. He's probably out for the year. Uh, and this was his first year getting to be a full-time starter. So uh, that was tough, but. You know, Pittsburgh's got the checklist type of team. Uh, you know, you go quarterback, running back, receivers, linemen, defense, and front seven, DBs. They got they got everything they need. Uh, they got a great coach. So um, Pittsburgh's going to be a lot uh, a lot better than people thought. But I kind of give I kind of say that hesitantly because everyone was kind of waiting to see what Big Ben did. So I think now that everybody's seen Big Ben play, they'll be ranked pretty high. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got, speaking of uh, Tom Brady, who we mentioned a, a few moments ago, uh, he's got his home opener in Tampa Bay going against uh, NFC South opponent Carolina Panthers, who are coming in 0-1 as well. I got the Buccaneers winning their home opener. Uh, they, did, uh, they didn't look great against New Orleans, uh, but obviously New Orleans – has a lot more continuity with their team. Uh, this is the first year uh, with Brady in Tampa Bay. This is the first year with Bruce Arians as the head coach. Um, but 
Speaking of Bruce Arians. This is, a, this is the second year with Bruce Arians. <laughs> oh, yeah, second year. You're right. Uh, but it, uh, first year with Brady. For a lot of new faces in Tampa Bay. Um, oh, yeah. But Arians had no problem letting it be known how, exactly how he felt uh, with what went wrong against the saints and he he called brady out in the media and said exactly how he felt um but i got tampa bay winning this game against carolina uh carolina they lost uh, i can't remember who they played for some reason off the top of my head uh the raiders thank you they lost to las vegas and um i nobody was expecting that and hey i picked uh carolina to win that game and so did I. I know, Tyler, you picked the Raiders to win. But uh, I got Tampa Bay winning this game. What about you guys? Uh, I got Tampa Bay winning pretty handily. I think this would be a good this would be a good get-going point. Honestly, I think that the loss New Orleans is kind of like one of the more – that's kind of a perfect loss when that kind of scenario just – Yeah, get it out of the way early. Get it out of the way early. Um, obviously, it would have been nice to have the win and the momentum, but now they kind of have more of a chip on his shoulder. Brady was called out in, the, in by BA, which I think was a great coaching move uh, with a veteran quarterback that you know is going to respond the right way. You can't do that with a young guy. You know what I mean? You can only do it with guys like Tom Brady. So uh, I thought that was good. Um, they're stacked. They just need time to play with each other. They didn't get any preseason games. Uh, like you said, all these new faces. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be a big win for Brady and Gronk's first home game in uh, in Tampa. Yeah, I got to go with the Buccaneers on this one. I think their first game was more just rust, miscommunication, but I don't think that they lose to this Panthers football team. All right, the next matchup we got is the Washington football team, who we did not think would be 1-0 going into week two at all. No. They're going down to the desert uh, to take on the Arizona Cardinals, who are coming in at 1-0 with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I mean, I could, I could keep going. The Arizona Cardinals looked so good against the San Francisco 49ers, getting that upset victory. Um, I got Arizona winning this game, but, I mean, I was honestly impressed with Washington and Dwayne Haskins, second-year quarterback. He led his team to victory, and Chase Young got, got his first career sack in his first game. So there's some promise with this Washington football team, but I think Arizona's going to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, you said it best. I think with Washington there is promise, but with the Cardinals there's a lot more, and they're just and, yeah. they're, and they're just building on from what they did last year. I mean, with DeAndre Hopkins getting a career high in catches, I I mean, 14 catches in his career high, I would have thought he would already have had that in Houston. But, I mean, it, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins looking like they're on the same page week one, it's, it's a recipe for greatness. Yeah, I got the, I got the Cardinals winning. They're, they're going to be – I was pretty high on coming in, and they're, they look even better, I mean, than I thought they would. They're yeah. just uh, – they're, so, they're so stacked. And they've got a sneaky amount of playmakers on defense. You know, with with uh, with Buda Baker getting the the big payday, Chandler Jones is one of the most prolific pass rushers of the last decade. Always uh, in the running so for this, defensive player of the year. So it's like you know this Cardinal team and Kyler Murray could you know Kyler Murray could 
could be the next Russell Wilson. You know, we don't know. And that, that wide receiving crew is as good as anybody. <clears throat> when you got a living legend on one side and probably the, you know, arguably the best receiver on the other, it's, it's pretty nice for uh, a young quarterback and an offensive minded head coach. Makes it easy um, for him. DC is going to have their, their lumps, you know, they're in a building mode. Um, I like their, I like their core, but they're obviously, I think, a bottom feeder team, four or five win team. So, but I'm going to do my shout out of the week right now. Okay. Get out of the way since we're talking about them, but it's Ron Rivera. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think, man, that guy's just so, uh, so much respect for that guy. He's such a good football coach. And to hear that he was having cancer treatment, I mean, let alone coaching while you have cancer is one thing, but to hear that he's getting treatment five days a week and fluids in it, you know, and an yeah, ID he, at halftime. Yeah, that was remarkable. It, it's just, you know, that's why they won the game. And that's, you know, that's why you play the game. I mean, if if it was just on paper, it would be different outcomes, but that's why you'd suit up, and that's why they got that win. And, yeah, shout out Rivera, man. That guy is just a, a warrior, a football warrior like no other. Without a doubt. So, all right, the next matchup we got is the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. They are coming to L.A., to SoFi Stadium, for the Chargers' debut uh, in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium. And real quick, uh, we didn't talk about it when we talked about the Rams in either the Power Rankings or their game coming up this week, but SoFi Stadium looked incredible on I know they TV. Kept, they kept showing it on NBC. It looks so great. It, I almost just want to go down there and just check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure out a way to get a tour of it somehow, some way through work. I don't know who I got to talk to, but we, we need to figure that uh, out. I'm sure there's a way. Because, um, I mean, it just it looked beautiful. Tyler, what did you think of how it looked on TV? No, I mean, that's the future. You know, that's, uh, it was cool to hear that I didn't realize how much Jerry Jones had an influence on it. And just the whole LA movement. Yeah. Did you hear that part during their game? I didn't. I didn't hear I mean, it, but I mean, I just knew from the whole, you know, the whole timeline of yeah, he, yeah. He wanted to get a team in LA, and, he, and you know, he obviously has his stadium. SoFi was kind of the next uh, step step forward. That and the Raiders and making, in Vegas, yeah. And the, and then the Vegas and yep and. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, that makes the NFL just more valuable, you know. Better teams, better markets, bigger, better stadiums, more stars, um, higher scores. That's what Jerry Jones' vision is. And not to give him that, that much credit for so far, but that was just a, a cool little story to hear. During, yeah, it was always – football. Jerry Jones was always talked about uh, as having an influence in moving a team with the Rams and then obviously the Chargers coming as well. Uh, two teams, two Los Angeles. Um, I mean, the, the Cowboys have always had their training camp in Oxnard, California, for years. Um, so um, he he was always talked about as having a big influence during the the transition period of when, from when the Rams and Chargers first got here. Uh, but now, now as far as the now the Chargers go, yeah, the game. I have the Chiefs now, winning pretty easily. Uh, with yeah. the Chargers, they did not look good. I was not impressed with how Tyrod Taylor looked uh, as the quarterback of the Chargers for this season. Uh, they really got lucky winning that game with the missed field goal to to send the game to overtime. 
Uh, so I mean that I'm chalking that up as a fluke win. They they should not be one and zero. And Kansas City, I don't know how, even with Nick Bosa and or Joey Bosa, excuse me, Nick is on the 49ers. Uh, with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram the third, Kansas City is going to stomp the Chargers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Chargers are Chargers are going to be okay. They did get really lucky on the first game. It was a disappointment to see him come out. Um, I thought they were going to be come out much stronger than that. I think I I chalk up that high due to hard knocks. You're always going to be high on those teams. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I got I got Kansas City winning pretty easily. But one man, the one thing I think they dropped the ball with this whole SoFi LA football shit is man the jerseys are way too similar it's just it's crazy i mean to have both teams have like yellow as a main color yeah see i didn't really like the rams new jerseys i no, i I really looked ugly no i liked the bone jerseys with the blue socks under the lights and then i'm really excited to see what the blue jerseys look like um i I don't know had nothing to do with the socks i think the jerseys just look kind of cheap especially with that plastic it was no, like a, I, like a plastic laminate on it. I like. See, I don't really care for that. I liked how the Rams jerseys looked under the under the bright lights. I, I like, I like the jerseys individually, but to have both teams playing in one stadium with damn near the same colors and logo, I mean, it's just it's it's pretty weird. Well, honestly. I liked how the Rams put the Rams head at the fifty yard line and not the L A with the horn, the Rams penis logo. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to go there. But it does look like a ram's penis. I think they kind of messed up on that. It's a skull. Mm. But either way, that they dropped the ball. I, I kind of wish one of them, one of the teams, were a different color. <laughs> but I guess you couldn't really change that coming in. Yeah, but all right. The so you got the Chiefs winning as well, Jacob. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Okay. All right. The next matchup we got is the Baltimore Ravens uh, going down to Houston to take on the Texans. And while I do think the Texans are going to be a better team than most people thought they would be, like Tyler also thinks, I think Baltimore wins this game. Uh, I just – they're the top team in the AFC, I think. So, oh, well, yeah. minus I made the a, Chiefs. But I, uh, made a note, I made a note on this game like, man, the schedule makers fucking hate the Texans. Like how did they draw Kansas City and Baltimore games one and two? Yeah, like, that's tough. Whoever made the schedule looks like Bill O'Brien for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, he that's kind of the karma he gets for trading away DeAndre Hopkins and really getting nothing in return. Hey man, sometimes you don't understand why people have to make the moves. He was gonna leave no matter what. He was unhappy, bad relationship. Just let let us let's, let's see what Texans do it in sixteen games. Yeah, but they're losing they're losing this game to Baltimore for sure. Jacob. I like Baltimore big. Yeah, see, same thing. I think Texas is or the Texans are a good uh, team, but I don't know if they can come out and beat the Ravens though. Yeah, just, just the way the Ravens are playing. I know they beat the Browns, but I just think that they're going to continue to to be full steam ahead like they were last year. I don't know if there's a team in the league that could beat. Kansas City, Baltimore as the first two games. Oh no, no. That's, that, that's to come out. That's just like that's as tough as it gets. So, I don't see those teams losing they're, until they're, at least six games in. Their zero and two is going to be a weird zero and two. Yeah. All right. Now, 
obviously the game of the week for Tyler. It's it's a rematch of <laughs> a Super Bowl from a few years ago. Tyler can correct me on which number it was. Thirty nine. Okay, so Super Bowl thirty nine. Forty nine. Forty nine. No, forty nine. Uh, I was like, well, that's way, that's way <laughs> off. So a rematch of Super Bowl forty nine. We got the New England Patriots and Cam Newton. He was the only quarterback to make a debut for a new team and get a victory in week one so i'll just point that out real quick give cam newton his credit um so the new england patriots coming in at own one they're going up to seattle up to the link to take on the seahawks also coming in at one and oh so tyler why don't you uh kind of just preview this game real quick for us uh hey cam newton though what i tell you no nah, he looked I solid I had him really high in fantasy. Uh, I got the see experts saying he's like a start, start leave starter at this point. So uh, it's cool to see Cam Newton out there play for the Patriots. Um, I like Cam and the Patriots both. But obviously, I got the Seahawks win this game at home. Sunday yep. football. You know the backstory. Um, it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good way to take the anger out. I feel like it. You know. I don't think that this New England team is as quite as good as it was with Brady. Um, they're still a good football team, and it's still going to be Cam Newton on Sunday Night Football. But it's going to be—I think we got the time zone in our favor, being that late at night. Um, you know, that's a drastic change from what the East Coast is used to uh, on Sunday mornings. So uh, obviously, that's going in our favor. And ultimately, I just think that we're too much on offense. We're, we're, our offense is dialed in. We, we're already a defensive football team. You already know what we can do. Cam's going to you know, get his a little bit, but it's not going to be enough to beat the Hawks. Yeah, I got, I got the Seahawks winning as well. Uh, I think, obviously, with the amount of personnel the Patriots are missing that are important to that defense and with how good the, the Seahawks' offense looked, I think it's just – I mean, Russell Wilson's going to be too much. I mean, that – bomb in a into a bucket to dk metcalf that we saw tyler oh my god it was so pretty they're just dangerous man i mean obviously i'm a hawks fan but it's like dk is just gonna turn into i mean his ceiling is crazy his ceiling is like julio jones status i mean this is a this is maybe the most physical receiver in the nfl um, and then tyler lockett is like a deshaun jackson uh, type of player where he's just a he's just a game breaker. Anytime he touches the ball, it could be gone. Um, and then to have you know a slew of running backs, have four different guys touch the ball at running back. Russell's a top five player in the league. Our offensive line now is finally a top ten offensive line. There's just no. And then I don't even have to speak about the defense. You know what the defense does. Uh, Bobby Wagner talked about him being a Hall of Famer. Uh, that's you know he's the best middle linebacker in the league. And then we got Jamal Adams who just came in and is just immediately making plays for us. So uh, we're definitely Super Bowl, Super Bowl bound. We're, we're going to be in the mix. Jacob, who you got winning this game? Got to take the Hawks on this one, too. They look great this past uh, weekend. And, man, they're just going to continue to build, too. And the Patriots, again, they have a solid team with Cam, but they're just missing their, their core. Yeah, I got you. All right, the Monday night game, it's going to be the debut of the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. Yeah, speaking of uh, SoFi, yeah, it's another pretty one. Allegiant Stadium. Uh, everyone is calling it the Death Star because it just looks. It's just this big 
black piece of glass. Well, I saw uh, it right last year the... when uh, I went to Vegas. Yeah, and it just hits you right there as soon as you get into Vegas. Yeah, and it's it was impressive seeing it from the outside when we were driving into Vegas. Uh, it was a, a, around this time last year for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Um, but so the the Raiders are going to debut the stadium against the New Orleans Saints. And unfortunately, I think they're going to debut the stadium with a loss because New Orleans looked really good. And I think Vegas got kind of lucky winning that game against Carolina. So, I mean, I got New Orleans coming in and winning this game on the road pretty easily. I think New Orleans, they're they're going to be at the top of the NFC for sure. So it's it's a no-brainer for me for this game. Yeah, I got another just like, man, the, the schedule makers really don't give a shit. <laughs> it's like to give the Chargers and the and the Raiders, the the Chiefs and the Saints on your opening, you'd think that you get some sort of favoring on your stadium's opening night. But yeah, they're going to take a loss opening night. But the stadium looks amazing. Um, I think Gruden's got this franchise hyped and, and reborn. And Vegas is ultimately, I think, going to flirt with a you know eight and eight type of record, uh, which is good in their progress. So, uh, but New Orleans is going to come in and get to get an easy win. Jacob, who you got? Got to go with the Saints on this one too. Love the new stadium of the Raiders, but I don't think they can handle Breeze. All right, uh, so that wraps it up for the picks of the week for Week Two, and uh, just a quick update for the primetime Monday night game there at the two minute warning. The Titans scored a touchdown in the second quarter, so it is a tie ball game, 7-7. But uh, let's talk some NBA playoffs now. It's, it's, it What's was up? my nightmare, dude. It what was happened? my nightmare. What happened? Well, I mean, I need, I need McManus to score. They were oh. on the goal line, and they went for it on fourth down and got stuffed instead of kicking the field goal. Oh, no. Oh, God. So I was like, fuck. All right. But All right. We, we move on. Yep. All right, let's talk some NBA playoffs. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? finish job finish i don't think so so when you get done with this you should be butt ass so for the first time since the nba bubble has started and, and games started back up tonight is the first night where there was not an nba basketball game and it, it honestly felt kind of weird but it was nice because football is back but let's talk about the Western Conference and then we'll move on to the Eastern Conference finals real quick before we get out of here. But first off, the Lakers beat the Rockets 4-1 to one in the Western Conference semifinals. The Lakers advanced to the Western Conference finals for the first time in 10 years. The last time they did it, obviously 2010. We all know what happened that year. They beat the Boston Celtics in seven games to win the NBA championship. LeBron James and Anthony Davis became the first pair of teammates to each average at least 25 points and 10 rebounds per game in a playoff series 
since 1961 when Bob Pettit and Cliff Hagen did it for the St. Louis Hawks in the 1961 NBA Finals, according to Elias Sports Bureau. So LeBron James and Anthony Davis making some history for the Lakers as they move on to the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers await the winner of Game 7 between the Clippers and the Nuggets. The Western Conference Finals will tip off Friday night. But Game 7 of the Clippers and the Nuggets takes place tomorrow night, Tuesday night. The Nuggets have once again come back from a 3-1 deficit. They were down 3-1 to to the Jazz in the first round and were able to knock them off. And now they have clawed their way back against the Clippers to force a Game 7. The Clippers blew two, I repeat, the Clippers blew two 16-point leads in games five and six. The Clippers were outscored 72-44 to in the fourth quarters of both games five and six. And folks, let me just tell you, the Clippers are clippering. They're now 0-7 in clinching games to go to the Western Conference Finals. They are 0-7. I love it. They've never been to the Western Conference Finals in their franchise's history, and they have never won a, And they have now lost two games this season to which they could have advanced to the Western Conference Finals. Nikola Jokic, the center for the Denver Nuggets, was asked after the game if there was any pressure on the Nuggets, and he said that all the pressure was on the Clippers, and he's 100% right. Denver was not looked at to be in the position of fighting for the Western Conference Finals or even a chance to go to the finals in the M- in the NBA this season. I think they obviously were looked at as just a, a solid playoff team, but I don't know if many people were expecting them to make it out of the first or second round. I know I wasn't. Yeah. I had Utah over them, and I didn't think for sure as hell they were going to win two games Yeah, in the so, series. So, I mean, with the fact that they've been able to now overcome two 3-1 deficits to at least force a Game 7. I think Denver wins Game 7. Montrezl Harrell and Mar- Marcus Morris, they can't guard Nikola Jokic, which means Zubac's, uh, Zubac is going to have to play. And Zubac has been the Clippers' best rim protector, but Jokic is leaps and bounds better than Avica Zubac. And Lou Will for the playoffs, he's shooting 23% from three-point, and he can't play a lick of defense. So I think... Uh, Murray, I think he's going to go off in Game 7. Uh, he didn't have as much of a vol- uh, high-volume scoring as he did in the first round against the Jazz. We we haven't seen a 50-point performance from uh, Jamal Murray in this round. But, hey, Game 7, you never know what can happen. I th- I'm predicting Jamal Murray goes off in Game 7, and, and he knows what he has to do to get it done in Game 7 because the Nuggets have already been to a Game 7 this uh, postseason, and they've been in this position where they were down uh, facing elimination and have had to claw their way back to even force a Game 7. So Denver's going into this game with nothing to lose, and, I mean, listen, everybody knows how I feel about the Clippers this year. I got Denver winning this game, and I cannot wait for Twitter to explode Tuesday night with Laker fans just clowning the Clippers. See, I just want to start off by saying, again, I was wrong because I doubted this 
Denver Nuggets team, again, I didn't have them winning that Utah series. And again, I did not have them winning more than two games in this Clipper series. But what has really helped them is, I said so before, is that they needed big play from Jokic and they needed big play from Jamal Murray. They also got it, I believe it was in game five uh, with Paul Millsap, or was that game... That was game five, yeah. yeah game five. Game five. In the third quarter yeah, specifically. Yeah, Paul Millsap had a huge third he had, quarter. He had a great game. So, again, you think that he's going to go off. I don't even think he has to go off. He he very well, very well could, but I think they just need a collective production from that unit of Gary Harris, even Porter Jr. I know he said his comments, I believe it was in game four after the game, and he said that, you know, people need to start sharing the ball. And, Mike, did, and then he came up big with a block. And Michael Porter Jr. also hit probably the biggest. That three-pointer? You better well, fucking make this shot three-pointer of his life, and it went in. That was an ill-advised three-pointer. It was a bad shot. It went in. Like I said, it was probably the biggest you better fucking make this shot yeah. ever of his life. I liked his block a lot better, but um, but yeah, the, the, the three did save his ass. But with this, with this Denver Nuggets team, they have a lot of fight in them, and they're just one of those teams that you get every year in the playoffs that you underestimate them, and they come back clawing. And listen, the Clippers, in my opinion, have been so entitled this entire year. And the only person on that roster that has the right to be entitled is Kawhi. Kawhi and, I mean, Doc Rivers has a ring as a coach, but he's made some questionable calls as a coach uh, during his tenure as the Clippers. And it's resulted in them not making the Western Conference Finals at all during his tenure. See, this brings up a valid question. I was thinking about this after the Clippers lost. Now, if they go into this Game 7 and lose, obviously it's a catastrophe because this team had sights on the finals. Who do you blame in this situation? Do you blame it at Doc Rivers? Do you blame it on, blame it on a specific player? Well, I think that just depends on how the game goes. No, but I know, but I'm saying in, in, in summary, basically, you sum it all up. Whose fault was it? Tyler, I'll let you answer that. Oh, I mean, that's just a clip. I mean, it's a clipper. It's a Clipper organizational fault. It's just you know. So you would have the to coach or the. It's a, you know it's tough to blame one person, but it's just like this franchise. Obviously, I don't know. What, I don't know what's what's wrong, but it's like you got it. You know, Kawhi. All of a sudden, like that's a bad that's a bad loss on Kawhi's record. Obviously, that would probably them losing Game Seven probably be their darkest day as a franchise, and they've had some pretty dark days. But that's got to be the 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 worst day in franchise history is that they lose this Nuggets team in seven games, not even in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, they were built, they were supposed to be able to beat LeBron um, and the Lakers. You know, that's kind of what their attitude was towards it. And Kawhi is supposed to be the best player in the world, which I don't agree with. But, I mean, he is great, but, you know, he he didn't necessarily win that championship all by himself, you know. The Raptors were a good good team. The Spurs were a good team. Kawhi's a great player, but he was also one shot away from losing to the Sixers last year, too. Uh, and so I think this is a big knock on Kawhi, big knock on Doc. Kawhi's only uh, scored 22 Kawhi. points in the fourth quarters of this entire series. That's what I mean. It's like Kawhi's hard to judge because he, you know, he doesn't, he, he has points where he's just like out there kind of, but then he also just has the rings and the wind and the clutchness, you know, the finals MVPs. He could he could come out and dominate game seven and it'd be a totally different conversation. Yeah, I mean the Clippers could um, completely come out and win this game by thirty. So it's like if they lose, it's like, man, it's tough to point the finger at Paul George and Kawhi and Doc. It's tough to say, like, you know, do we need to get 
do we need to do something about like Lou and Lou and Montrez not starting? You're going to start questioning everything. Um, and that's going to be like the issue because they, they should be confident and they will be confident. If they win game seven, but they shouldn't even be in this position. They, not at they're, all. They're clearly the second best team in the league right now to me, but they're playing like, you know, the Clippers. Yeah. Now, I, with with everything you just said and it being an organizational failure, I think at at most, Doc Rivers, I think, is the longest tenured clipper in terms of the, the core of what we're talking about here. I think he would have to be the first to go. I mean, look at what Doc Rivers has done with this Clippers, te- like this Clippers team as he's been the coach from the Lob City era to now. He hasn't done anything. And especially now, the way the coaches are getting fired, you have a successful season, but to an organization, you don't get to the finals or to the conference finals. That's a failure. Dwayne Casey was coach of the year for the Toronto Raptors and gets fired. Yeah, and those are, I mean, those are bad fires. And I think, I think if I just they don't lose get it. game seven, if they lose game seven, I don't think they fire Doc Rivers. I don't think you blow this team up. I think you just gotta you gotta bring back the core and give it another shot. This is just year one, you know. Yeah. No, but I'm. I just think they, they obviously need a rim protector. But so, you know that's that's obvious. But outside of that, that's all they need, really. Yeah, I just think Steve Ballmer would want a coach that he hired during his tenure because Doc is left over from Donald Sterling's tenure, technically. Uh, so I just I would Doc, think Doc is just such a strong presence. Uh, I know, I know. Listen, Doc is know. is a well respected coach. He's got the ring with Boston, but I mean, listen. In my opinion, if Andrew Bynum's knees worked, Doc Rivers would be doing analysis on ESPN or TNT right now. Yeah, I mean that's you know there's there might be a lot of truth to that, but he Andrew Bynum's knees did hurt, and he's coaching the Clippers, so. Yeah, he's he's one of the best, but I think he's a good fit for coaching all these stars and making them a defensive basketball team, uh, which their stars are two-way players. So, uh, and Pat Bev is, you know, obviously a defensive guy, and Montrez can play defense, although he shouldn't be guarding centers. Um, Jokic is a bad matchup for him. You know, don't take any credit away from Denver. No, uh, I'm. I, I don't want to take any credit away from Denver. They've done everything the they Clippers needed to do. Are, the Clippers are blown it, no doubt. But, um, you know, if they lose game seven, I don't know if you blow it up. I don't know if you, you send the coach away yet. I would like to think they won't. They might, but I don't know if they wouldn't. So, so who do you think overall wins game seven, Tyler? I think the, I think the Clippers get it done. Even though I, I want, you know, part of me wants to see Denver. and like <laughs> I've underestimated them all year. Uh, the last two years, I've underestimated them really. Uh, you know, even though they got in by just the skin of their teeth last year, um, this year they've just proven that they're good. Jamal Murray and Jokic are enough to carry a well-coached basketball team. Doesn't matter who's out there with them; uh, they just seem to win games. But ultimately, I think you know, I would like to, I would like to think Kawhi is the guy we think he is. Yeah, and he really, if he steps up and leads this team to victory. Jacob. Well, this is this is tough. If you're Denver, you look at this game, and this is your second uh, game seven in the second round in two years. 
because last year they lost to Portland. They almost get to the conference finals. But ultimately, I still got to go with the Clippers on this one just because of the offensive depth that their team has. I don't think that – I would love to see Denver in the conference finals, like Tyler said, but I just don't think they have enough left in the tank. Yeah, no, listen, it's it's been a long road for Denver, and they've had to, to use every ounce of energy that they possibly oh. have. That's two game, uh, two series that go to seven. I don't know if they have enough. I think I think uh, Denver did exactly. I think this was a good year for Denver last year. I think they overachieved a little bit, and this year I think it was a good year for them. Um, they're they're right where they need to be to be a you know a contender in the future. Uh, but I think that the Clippers' time is is now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm torn with with like I wanted it to be Lakers clip what's up let's let plus you got to remember there's the there's the NFL the NBA factor it's like do these refs come out and just no they just want come on hey it's, <laughs> ha- start it's blowing happened it. before it's happened before man when the NBA wants something if they want the Clippers in there they can make it happen yeah well I'd rather I'd rather not think like that but I mean for- no I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't either but it, Denver, I promise you this. I don't think the refs are going to be on Denver's side tomorrow night. Listen, it wouldn't shock me. I'll tell you that much. But I mean, overall, I think I'm I'm torn because I've wanted the the Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals be just so we, I could like we could finally like have that series. Yeah, it's been the matchup that people have been predicting all season long. Right, and and also I think it'd be great for Los Angeles basketball and just the the quote-unquote mini rivalry that the the Lakers and Clippers seem to be brewing up Uh, I'm not going to call it a full-blown rivalry yet because it's not Um, but also at the same time I don't want the Clippers to ever make it to the Western Conference Finals so we can keep saying that they've never made it out of the second round going yeah this Clippers curse I think it's great it's hilarious the Clippers are the JV team in Los Angeles they always will be and I also just think Denver getting to the Western Conference Finals is a great story. They overachieved last year, like Tyler said. They've had a great season this year, and getting to the Western Conference Finals I think would be an overachievement. And then it would be great for the Lakers because with Denver having to go to two seven-game series, go through two full seven-game <laughs> series, the Lakers are going to win the Western Conference Finals so in just four want, or five games. You just want the easy. Lakers to have an easier path. I mean, who wouldn't as a Lakers fan? But, Lakers, Lakers are fucking rooting for the Nugs hard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, and also uh, on Twitter, if if the Clippers win, I mean Lakers Twitter is going to do a victory lap over their grave for I mean who knows how long. So I, it will be great to be a part of that uh, personally. So I'm torn. I think ultimately Denver wins because they're they're riding this momentum of of having to win another four games in a row or three games in a row essentially so it's um trust me i wouldn't be rooting for those nuggets just as much as you are but i just don't think that they have enough you think that Kawhi's really gonna sit back and just let shit happen here i hope not just for Kawhi's personal legacy sake because i'm a fan of Kawhi leonard the basketball player and and even yeah, and, and even to a more extent, are you, are yeah. you you think he's going to allow his teammates to play poorly? I he better not. I, but I mean, he might have to just take over and take all the shots on offense because yeah, I don't know what he's going to do in the second half. Not, Paul George has got to be that guy. Paul George has got to be c- coming out gunning. 
And Kawhi has just got to keep everything steady. Yeah. You know? So, all right, it'll 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 be an exciting Game 7. It, it's the two best words in sports. We, we say it all the time. And Game 7s are always fun. There's always something crazy that happens in them that, that you never expect. So it, I'm definitely looking forward to tomorrow night. But also tomorrow afternoon, we got the Heat and the Celtics going up against each other in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. To me, this is going to be a very interesting series. I don't think these teams match up well against each other at all. I think Miami's guards, Goran Dragic and rookie Kendrick Nunn, don't defend well at all. And I'd say Miami has the advantage with the bigs, even though Boston is probably the the bigger team in the literal sense with the fact that they have more big men on the roster. But I think Miami's bigs, Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olynyk, Myers Leonard, I think they're better than Daniel Tice, Ennis Kenner, uh, Robert Williams III, Grant Williams. Um, and ultimately what the series is really going to come down to is to who has the best series between Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson versus Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. So it's it's going to be a fun series. Um, another question mark for Boston is what to do with reintegrating Gordon Hayward, who's recovering from an ankle injury, and he could be available at any point during the season I don't exactly know what the timetable is but they're they're looking to get him back this series uh some x factors for Miami uh I think Jay Crowder who kind of made a name for himself in the NBA with Boston Jay Crowder is going to be a big x factor in having to defend Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at multiple points throughout the game uh, and then NBA champion Andre Iguodala, just that championship experience and also being the, the wing defender that he, he is. I know he's getting older, but he can he can still give you solid minutes at defense uh, to, to defend the wing. So I think ultimately this series goes seven games, uh, but I'm going to stick with my prediction and go with Boston coming out on top to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. Uh, Tyler, what about you? Man. This is going to be such a dope series. I'm so excited for this one. Um, I mean, you just got a whole bunch of dogs in this series, and it, they're just it's I, going to be so much fun. And two great coaches, two great organizations, just everything. They got it all. Um, like Boston, to me, it's just like obviously the favorite, you know. I think a lot of people are going to say it's seven games because everyone wants to pick Miami, but they're like, fuck, Boston's good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going with fucking Miami Heat in seven, <laughs> baby. I know Jordan Carlson's like, happy about that. I like Jimmy Butler over anybody right now. Over anybody. I mean, anybody that's left standing in the playoffs right this second, Jimmy Butler is just he's, – he's the, he's the king of the bubble right now to me. I don't think anybody can fuck with him. And although I think that that was a really good point, they have horrible, horrible matchups for the guards. I mean, I think that we're, you know, Miami's lucky that Kemba is kind of not really on his game right now. Yeah, he so looked off in that, that series uh, in the maybe, second maybe, round. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he continues that play, and I could really help Miami. But I think they have really good matchups for Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum is obviously the other superstar in this matchup. Um, J- Jason Tatum to me is the bona fide superstar at this point in his career now in the NBA. If you if you don't think Jim, Jason Tatum's a star, you haven't watched him play. Um, but like you said, Crowder and uh, Iguodala are both 
like pretty good matchups for him. Veteran guys, strong physical guys. You could even guys throw Bam at him. Yeah, but Boston's pretty big. You know, Boston plays right. I'm like with, I'm saying with more in a pick and roll type scenario. If if Bam Adebayo switches on to Jason Tatum, oh, yeah. it's not the end of the world. No, absolutely. But Tatum's going to dribble it out and get the mismatch somewhere. You know, you might not necessarily take the shot right. on Bam. Bam's a, Bam's a good matchup for him, but I just don't. You know, that could happen in switches. But I do like Crowder, and I do like uh, Iguodala. Now, Duncan Robinson is going to be barbecued chicken if he gets <laughs> matched up on him. I don't, you know, he's playing great, but I don't think that he can play with Tatum. I think that the veteran part uh, with Iguodala and Crowder, you know, not he has a lot of jabs, a lot of, like, Kobe's moves. You know, yeah. they're not going to go for the head, head fakes as much. He's not going to get those guys up in the air as much. Uh, they're not going to foul them. They're a little smarter. Like I said, they're strong, physically strong. So I actually do like the matchups against Tatum. Uh, and I'm going with Jimmy Butler to just keep, continue the ride and put the middle finger up to the entire NBA <laughs> and, uh, and ruin, Boston's, ruin Boston's kind of uh, their championship run. Jacob, what about you? Well, in opposition to Tyler, I got to take the Celtics in six. Oh, okay. So yeah. you have it actually going six games. Tyler and yeah. I both have it going seven. I have it going six. I think I think the Celtics really come out and surprise the Heat. And there is mismatches uh, for the most part. But I think some of the keys, though, for Boston is that a lot of these guys have experience in Tatum and Brown and Smart. They have conference finals experience. As weird as it sounds, Butler doesn't. This will be his first conference finals. Uh, now, if you're the Celtics, you hope that Campbell plays well. I think that is a key for them, too, as well, for them to win the season, uh, the, the series in six. And how they integrate, like you said, Gordon Hayward. When do they get him back, if they get him back? Now, for the Heat, though, I think what the, some of the question mark is Drogic, Hero, Adebayo, and Robinson. These are all young guys. They're great. They're dogs on Dragic the court. Drogic isn't young. I know, but I'm just saying he, he's, he's still youthful, but and he, he has the most experience out of all, all, out of all four of them. But... How do they perform in the playoffs? They're all young. They've had a great run. Does it end here? I don't know. And also, it really depends on Butler. Butler's going to give it to you every night, but I still think that the Celtics come out and they uh, take this in six. Yeah, I think one one big thing that you pointed out, Jacob, was the fact that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart all have conference finals experience so early in their young it, it career. It sounds so weird, doesn't it? Yeah. So I, I definitely think that that does bode this well for Boston. This is their third conference finals in the last four years. Yeah, and the, I mean, all, all these guys have been there, and none of them have been in the league for more than four years. And and man, you know, Marcus Smart, this is a tough matchup for him. Jimmy Butler kind of negates all the things that he does well. Yeah, the size it's advantage right. that Jimmy has over Marcus Smart is not, definitely going to. But see, I think it goes the same way for the Heat, though. The, I think I, that you use Marcus Smart the as the primary mentioned. defender on Jimmy. You, oh. is, is that is, is it's a dog? You know, it's well, the, they're both the Marcus same kind Smart, of dog. Exactly, Marcus. That's why Marcus Smart plays defense so well against so many guys. But I don't know if that's going to be effective against Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's not going to be phased by Marcus's antics. No, I mean I, I love Marcus Smart, but more than likely Jimmy's going to sun him. Yeah, it's. I mean that's definitely a possibility, but it's. 
it's going to be a fun series. I know, I know that for sure. It's, I, I don't see any way. I'm so much, I'm so much more excited for that than Clippers Lakers or Nuggets Lakers. Well, yeah, I mean, if, I mean, yeah, if it's if it's Clippers, if it's uh, no, not Clippers. If if it's it's Nuggets Lakers, it's not exciting. Yeah, that's not exciting. No offense to the Nuggets, (laughs) but that will not be an exciting game or series. I just. If they the Clippers Lakers Clippers Lakers, it's just like, oh my God, just get it over with, you know? Yeah, I mean that's gonna. It's just like, we've just been waiting for this all year, you know. If Clippers Lakers yeah, actually happens, I'm, I might need to like isolate myself for the entire series. I might be unbearable. I don't know what I'm gonna uh, do. Boston, Boston, Miami. Now that's gonna be a fun, a fun series. Yeah, could be dramatic. Yep. But all right, that uh that wraps it up. Uh, that's that's all we got. Uh, Tyler, I know you had uh, Ron Rivera as your shout out already. I, got one, I I I figured out one more. Okay, go for it. I gotta go with I gotta go with the guy, the Coog, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love it. I, I I had a whole thing about it next to the Jacksonville game, and I completely forgot to say any of it. But well, go for man, it now, Gardner. I just, uh, you know, he was in, uh, he was counted out uh, coming into the league. He won his job. They felt strongly enough to either, either they're trying to tank and get Lawrence, or, but, or they feel confident enough in his ability. And he went 19 and 20 in his opening day, one of only four quarterbacks to you know, 95% passing accuracy on opening day. Um, Minshew's a ball player, man. And, and, I really hope that even if they go with the rookie quarterback, uh, you know, if they draft Lawrence or whoever it is next year, um, that he gets he gets that third year opportunity to start with the rookie on the on the payroll. And I think I really do believe Minshew is second home is going to be somewhere he he probably could be a player. So shout out Minshew, man, just continuing to uh, prove people wrong, and one of the flyest fucking quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> His style is impeccable. The man was born to play quarterback. <laughs> he really was. All right, Jacob, you got a shout-out? I do. I got to shout-out the uh, Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, man. Such a dynamic young team, and I can't wait to watch them this whole season. All righty. Well, I'm going to shout-out uh, Major League Baseball. I got to sneak some baseball in before we get out of here. Uh, the league and players agreed to a modified bubble for the playoffs Basically, how it's going to go is the wild card series. It's going to happen at the home stadiums for the teams. So that'll be how it was during the regular season. But for the division series, the NL will play in Arlington and Houston, Texas. So at the Rangers Stadium and the Astros Stadium. And then the AL will play at Petco Park down in San Diego and at Dodger Stadium here in Los Angeles. And then for the ALCS, that will take place in San Diego at Petco Park. And then the NLCS will take place in Arlington, Texas at the Rangers' new uh, stadium. And then the World Series will be at uh, the new Rangers stadium in Arlington, Texas. So modified bubbles for Major League Baseball and the playoffs. I'm glad that the league and the players could come to an agreement about that. Uh, as far as everyone taking the health and safety of the players and everyone involved uh, as the number one priority. So it was good to see that. Hopefully, uh, I'm assuming the NFL will be on track to to do that 
for the playoffs, even though they will be traveling for the entirety of the regular season. But I, I anticipate the NFL making some sort of announcement for a bubble for the playoffs in the future. But that wraps it up. Don't forget this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Support us, support a company that makes probably the best coffee ever and is trying to help save the beaches just by entering promo code TSK show at checkout. That's promo code TSK show for 15% off your purchase at campuspointcoffee.com. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.